This is the 10 Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 97 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Traders, the reviews don't lie, the satisfaction levels don't lie. People who use Blueberry Markets love Blueberry Markets. Actually caring about your customer's well-being goes a long way. Who knew? And you can trade Forex. You can trade metals, indices, the top 50 American traded stocks, crypto. If you have an edge, put it to use on MT4 or MT5. If you currently have a broker that you like, but you still want a second broker just in case, consider Blueberry Markets as well here. But make sure you go down below and click the link that takes you to the blog that gives you all the information you need and gives you my affiliate link. Because on top of everything I just told you, you get sign-up bonuses, you get your own personal concierge. I'm not sure what else to tell you, traders. If you're outside of the United States, there is one clear choice, and that is Blueberry Markets. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and 2023 has been very bullish for a lot of things. Now, all throughout the very first month of 2023, here on the podcast, we did predictions for specifically the year of 2023. So they were just done for fun, because our time horizon is much longer than that. Um, But some of those predictions are not looking really good so far in the first third, I would say, of the year. Uh, But that's okay, because if I'm wrong and things go up, then my positions generally go up too, as do yours, I'm sure. Uh, Year-to-date, the S&P 500 is up 7.77%. Gold is up close to 10%. Bitcoin up 82%. Now, I don't know how long these things are going to last, uh, but for now, if you want to be a buyer, it's hard to find a lot of things out there that are cheap that fit the criteria of what we like to talk about on this show, uh, except for one sector uh, that throughout all this prosperity is actually going down, and in some cases down a lot, and that sector is energy. And what's so compelling about energy is when it's down, it's a really exciting time because it's something the entire world needs, like desperately needs. So you pretty much know it's just a matter of time, and if you can get cheaper prices while we wait... You know, it's like if you had your choice, why are you looking at gold and Bitcoin and all that right now? I can understand if you don't have any of those two things, you might want to consider it. Uh, But I'm always on the lookout for what's cheap. Because I really do feel there will come a time where all the things that we like investing in are not only not cheap, but just keep going up and up. And there just won't be anything to buy. Which, you know, hey, luxury problem. But as I've said before, I don't really get excited when things go up like most people do. I get excited when things go down. Because I like to buy things when they're cheap. You know, and I'm secretly dreading the time as a broadcaster when just everything we have is going up. And I just come on here and say, hey everybody, it's episode 246. And uh, just make sure you take profit, guys. Okay, good night. And this is the Two Minute Contrarian Podcast. But I do think we're going to get there someday. And so I want to buy things as cheap as I can right now. Uh, because who wouldn't? So let us this week turn our focus to energy because that's where I feel the opportunities are. And again, it's even better because these aren't like, you know, these startup companies or something like that, you know, blockchain companies maybe that may or may not make it. This is energy. We cannot run without it. And production levels across the board in many ways are either flatlining or going down. Uh, So let's go ahead and start with the one that most people find the least compelling. Um, I don't. I find oil extremely compelling. And I think there is a ton of upside here. 
So in the United States, Joe Biden is either still draining the strategic reserves, like not him, like he doesn't know how to do it, but his administration is either draining the strategic reserves still, or they have finally just now kind of come to an end. Because what happened these past couple weeks was something very interesting, if you didn't know. You know, oil was sitting around like the mid-60s for a while, and I think the idea was to drain it down to get oil at a really nice price and then restock it at a very friendly price. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? It's almost like you have ultimate control over what the price is simply by using this tactic so you can sell high and buy low. You know, what a great privilege that must be. Except for one thing. OPEC decided to come in and very strategically, with great timing, make an announcement that they were cutting 500,000 barrels a day starting in May. And I think that number has gone up since they made that announcement. And this announcement alone took oil from the mid-60s all the way up to the 80s, where it remains. Now, it's been in the 80s for most of the year, but you know, gone is that sweet little discount that the Biden administration thought they were going to get. And this is not surprising. You know, the United States and OPEC have always been a little bit at odds, but things are a lot different now with the complete separation of a lot of countries from the U.S. hegemony. You know, we've spoken about this in the past. It's no longer a world of cooperation. It's a world of competition. Those who have the resources have the bargaining power and those that don't, don't. And if you do have the resources, you're putting a greater focus on yourself and maybe a few very strategic allies. And so even the United States, who's one of the top oil producers in the world, already had to reach their hands out in the past year to Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. Remember, guys, the fundamentals don't change here. If the picture really was rosy for the long term, we would not be coming hat in hand to Saudi Arabia, and especially not Venezuela, not just because of the relationships we have, but just the quality of oil is so bad, it takes so much just to process it. And I don't even think we have the processing plants or the refineries in the United States to even refine the type of oil coming out of Venezuela. You know, like it's a real concern for a country that produces plenty of oil. You know, so what's it looking like for countries that don't? Oh, and let's not forget, too, most of these oil companies are still heavily underinvested because of the whole ESG craze back in 2017. They have not recovered from that, nor will they anytime soon. And price is yet to reflect this. Oh, and on top of that, an energy crisis is still in the works, contrarians, just like it always was. We got lucky by not having it as early as some people thought. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the fundamentals have not changed. And all the pieces are still in place. And long term, I don't see oil going anywhere but up. And so as a buyer, you're not getting that sweet discount we had a few weeks ago. Uh, But you are getting prices where we've pretty much been fluctuating this entire year. So if you're interested in oil, I can't advise you on what to do because I'm not a financial advisor. However, uh, to just assume that we're going to get a discount like that again, we might. But would you take that chance? Tough call to make. You know, the good news is at least price hasn't just completely ran away from you. Like I said, we are right where we were towards the beginning of this year. I was interested then and I'm still interested now. Now, moving on to natural gas, uh, far more compelling (laughs) actually for most people. And this is a position where I felt like I bought pretty cheap. I actually did, but price just kept going down. I've said in the past, cheap things can get cheaper. But again, we're talking about energy. You know, what's cheap doesn't stay cheap, like ever. And the United States Natural Gas ETF, ticker symbol UNG, is at the lowest level I have ever seen it. 
It's at, let's see, 6.69 right now. I've had a trailing buy on this thing for probably a month and a half, two months now, and it has not gotten triggered. It hasn't even come close. I am very excited to average down on this position. Uh, now, how did it get so low? Well, it all has to do with the European Union. You know, the EU is very unique to where it's very developed, and it uses a lot of natural gas, but it barely produces any. And because of the war, there was this big scare that over the winter, they weren't going to have enough. And everything was lining up for that. If we just had a regular moderate winter in the EU, we would have seen a very different story than what we're seeing right now, because instead of that, very luckily for the people in Europe, we had the warmest winter in human history for the majority of the European Union. So it pretty much took that to not have the price of natural gas go up because they tried to get ahead of it and they got a lot from the United States. Some people are speculating they still got some from Russia. Yeah, you know, alliances are cool and all, but nobody really cares when you're freezing. Um, but they ended up getting a surplus and now they have, a, I think, right around a 20% surplus in the country right now of liquefied natural gas just sitting there. And this is why we keep seeing prices go down. Uh, but this washout is pretty much over, in my opinion. These statistics have been there for a while now. And the EU showed this year that if they want it, they will pay whatever price they need. There were other countries that needed it too. Primarily, the biggest one, the biggest story actually was Pakistan. A population of over 230 million people, by the way. They really needed natural gas from the United States, but they didn't get it because Europe got it instead. Europe simply outbid them because they could. You know, but either way, unless you see this exact same scenario playing out again, then it's hard not to look at these current prices and get excited. And finally, let's move over to something that we all love here at the podcast, and that's uranium. Has gone down, has not gone down as much as natural gas for sure. It's either flatlined in some cases, or some of the stocks actually have been going down a lot more. It just depends on where your allocation is. Um, the largest ETF, URNM, has gone down about 3% year-to-date. Um, but what you will notice, especially if you zoom out, which we always try to do here, zoom out on the spot uranium price. Um, you will notice the same thing you notice in something like gold. A very, very friendly uptrend long-term. And as we saw with gold, once you have something like that, it's just a matter of time. And we're not talking about something like gold that people don't actually need-need. No, we're talking about energy. And again, contrarians, the fundamentals have not changed at all. There's no reason why this price should ever be going down. You still have Japanese restarts. You still have all the reactors being built in China, in the UAE. You still have countries realizing, hey, renewables aren't going to cut it. We're kind of in trouble when it comes to oil and natural gas. You know, back when everybody shared with each other, this was much less of a problem, but we're just not there anymore. Developed, high-producing countries are going to have to find a way to wipe their own ass for the next 10, 20 years. And oil and natural gas is no longer the reliable source it used to be. Now, they're still going to need those inputs. But the only other way to make sure you function regardless is nuclear. And, oh, by the way, it just happens to be carbon zero. You know, you'll see some propaganda because they just assume you're stupid. Most of the people who, you know, see these pictures are. But they'll show you pictures of, you know, nuclear reactors and the, uh, the smoke coming out of them. Have you guys seen those? You know, just know every time you see a picture of those, the smoke coming out is water vapor. Pure H2O. I've seen it for years. They don't outright say it, but they'll just kind of subliminally show people pictures like that. 
uh, because most people don't know anything about energy and they just assume that if smoke's coming out of something, oh, it must be carbon. It must be icky and gross. But no, I mean, the anti-nuclear lobby really doesn't have a lot to stand on anymore, especially when you start to lay out the facts. You know, nothing has changed here, yet we are seeing some of these stocks drop, and I personally have been taking advantage. I've added on to a position, and I am giving a much heavier look to BHP, which is uh, the largest mining company in the world, and they produce a lot of uranium. You don't hear about it as much because it's not a pure uranium stock. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, after Kazataprom and Cameco, I think BHP is pulling out more uranium out of the ground than anyone. You know, most of these stocks aren't even producers. They're still going to go up, but very few companies are actually pulling uranium out of the ground. And one of those is BHP, despite all the other things they do. You know, price has been languishing a bit in the 60s. You know, this was a stock I had for a while, and now I don't, but I'm really, really looking to get back into it again. If you need to go back to the episode we did on big miners and get more information on companies like BHP, like Rio Tinto, like Vale, like Glencore, you know, now may be a time to have a look. At the end of the day, though, remember, these are still stocks. I fully still anticipate a recession. Uh, most people, even people in, uh, in mainstream media, are finally admitting that it's probably coming. You know, the big question is, will energy decouple when things like this happen? You know, with all the circumstances going on right now, I have a feeling that there's a good chance. Uh, but regardless, I'm making sure I don't get left behind here. Energy, to me, is the most obvious sector going forward because it's always been. So if it's energy, I'll buy right into a recession. And I don't care if that seems crazy. I just want to be early.